Officer Jake Carter's day off was a rare luxury in the lively cityscape, where steel touched the sky and neon painted the streets in artificial twilight. He was walking along the Riverside Park, the city's towering skyscrapers reflecting on the calm water, creating a serene contrast to the usual chaos of urban life. The gentle murmur of the river, the distant sound of traffic, and the occasional chirp of a bird formed a symphony of mundane tranquility. Suddenly this peaceful scene was shattered by a sound unlike any Jake had heard before. It was a roar, deep and guttural, reverberating through the very foundations of the city. It was as if the earth itself was groaning under a tremendous, unseen strain. Jake felt the ground tremble beneath his feet, sending a jolt of adrenaline through his veins. As he turned towards the city, his eyes widened in disbelief. The once familiar skyline twisted grotesquely. The towering skyscrapers bent and swayed like blades of grass in a storm. Glass and steel distorted, reflecting the sky and streets in surreal, nightmarish patterns. The streets themselves undulated, the concrete rippling like a disturbed pond. Cars and buses, caught in this surreal upheaval, were tossed about as if they were mere toys. The sounds of crashing metal and shattering glass filled the air, adding to the tumult of chaos. The cityscape was morphing before his very eyes, transforming into something alien and unrecognisable. Buildings that once stood proud and tall now twisted into bizarre, organic shapes. Their surfaces no longer smooth glass, but something resembling the rough, porous texture of rock and coral. Neon signs flickered, their lights casting strange, dancing shadows on the distorted structures. In the midst of this pandemonium, Jake stood frozen, his mind struggling to process the scene unfolding around him. The air itself seemed to vibrate with a sinister drone, a sound that was felt more than heard, resonating in his chest and setting his nerves on edge. It was as if the city had become a living, breathing entity, its concrete heart beating in an unnatural rhythm. Around him, people screamed and ran in panic, their faces masks of terror and confusion. But Jake, trained to face danger, found his paralysis breaking. Instinct and duty kicked in. He reached for the radio at his belt, only to find static greeting him. Communication lines, it seemed, were as disrupted as the city itself. With a deep breath, he steeled himself. He had to move, to act. In the face of this unknown catastrophe, Officer Jake Carter knew his duty was to protect and serve, no matter how alien the situation. As the reality around him continued to unravel, he stepped forward into the chaos. Jake Carter, his senses heightened by the adrenaline coursing through his veins, moved cautiously through the contorted streets of what was once a familiar city. Each step was tentative, navigating around the rubble and the fractured asphalt that had transformed the orderly city grid into a maze. The buildings around him loomed ominously, their twisted forms casting grotesque shadows that danced in the flickering neon lights. As he turned a corner, he froze. Before him stood beings, as if plucked from the darkest recesses of a nightmarish dream. They were humanoid, but grotesquely distorted, their skin glinting like molten silver, 
It rippled with each movement, reflecting the chaotic cityscape in a distorted, fluid mirror. These creatures moved with an unsettling grace, their limbs bending in ways that seemed to mock human anatomy. Their faces, if they could be called that, were smooth and featureless save for the eyes. Those eyes were dark voids, abysses devoid of soul or emotion, yet they seemed to pierce straight through Jake, seeing him, analysing him. It was a gaze that chilled him to the bone, a gaze that spoke of an intelligence that was utterly alien. Instinctively, Jake's hand went to his sidearm, drawing it with the practised ease of a seasoned officer. The gun, a solid, familiar weight in his hand, was a stark contrast to the surreal scene before him. He held it steady, aiming at the closest creature, his training taking over in the face of the unknown. The creatures, undeterred by the weapon, continued their approach, their movements synchronised in a haunting ballet. They seemed curious, almost inquisitive, but there was an underlying menace in their slow advance. Jake's mind raced, torn between the urge to flee and the duty to confront this threat. Police! Don't move! He shouted, his voice firm despite the surreal fear gripping him. His words seemed to have no effect. If they understood him, they showed no sign. As the first creature reached out with a limb that twisted in unnatural angles, Jake's decision was made. He squeezed the trigger the gunshot echoing through the twisted canyons of the warped city. The bullet struck the creature, and to his shock, it simply absorbed the impact, the molten skin rippling like water disturbed by a stone. Realising the futility of gunfire, Jake holstered his weapon and backed away slowly. He needed to understand what he was dealing with, and this encounter had made one thing painfully clear. The rules of the world he knew no longer applied. With a deep breath, he turned and quickly retreated, weaving through the broken streets, his mind racing to make sense of the encounter with these nightmarish entities. Jake Carter, his heart still racing from the encounter with the alien beings, continued his uneasy journey through the warped cityscape. The once familiar streets now felt like a maze from a dystopian world, with every turn revealing a new surreal vista. Amidst the clamour of crumbling buildings and the distant cries of chaos, he stumbled upon a figure, slumped against a half-collapsed wall. The figure was a woman, her once pristine lab coat now tattered and stained with dust and debris. Her hair was dishevelled, framing a face pale with shock and eyes wide with a terror that mirrored Jake's own. As he approached cautiously, her eyes snapped to him, a flicker of hope momentarily displacing the fear. Harper, she introduced herself with a voice trembling as much as her hands. She was a scientist, she explained, working at a research facility that explored experimental physics. Today, her lab had been at the epicenter of the cataclysm. Jake knelt beside her, his trained eyes scanning the surroundings for any threat. What happened? He asked his voice a mix of authority and concern. The rift, Harper whispered, her gaze distant as if reliving the horror. It's not just physical, it's temporal. Her words were a jumble of fear and scientific reasoning. She spoke of an experiment, 
one meant to explore the fabric of space and time. But something had gone terribly wrong. Jake listened, his rational mind wrestling with the implausible reality Harper described. A tear in space-time? Different realities colliding? It sounded like science fiction, yet the evidence was all around him, in the twisted buildings, the bizarre creatures, and the air itself, which seemed to buzz with an unnatural energy. Realizing they couldn't stay put, Jake helped Harper to her feet. We need to move. Find somewhere safe, he said, his voice firm despite the uncertainty that gnawed at him. Together they ventured deeper into the altered city, Harper leaning on Jake for support. She was a scientist thrust into a nightmare. He a cop trained for danger but not for this. They were an unlikely pair, bound by the shared goal of survival. As they moved, Harper shared fragmented insights. The rift might be reversible, she theorized, but they would need to reach her lab. It was a faint hope, but hope nonetheless. Jake led the way, his senses alert to the dangers of this new, twisted world. As they navigated the intricate streets of the city, transformed into an alien landscape, Harper began to elaborate on the disaster that had befallen their world. Her voice, still tinged with disbelief, wove a tale that seemed to contradict the laws of nature. The rift, she started, her eyes fixed on the ever-shifting horizon. It's a tear in the fabric of space-time. She explained how her team had been experimenting with advanced quantum physics, pushing the boundaries of human knowledge. They had theorized the existence of parallel universes, alternate realities coexisting with ours, separated by the thinnest of veils. The experiment was supposed to be a breakthrough, a mere observation. But something had gone horribly wrong. The experiment had not just observed these alternate realities, it had torn through the veil that separated them. This tear, this rift, had unleashed a catastrophic chain reaction. The very structure of their reality had begun to merge and intertwine with countless others. Jake listened intently. He was a man of action, not science, yet he understood Harper's words. The city around them, with its distorted buildings and alien skies, was no longer just their city. It was a patchwork, a chaotic blend of countless worlds, each spilling into the next. Harper paused, catching her breath, her eyes scanning the surroundings. Everywhere the rift touches, it merges realities. It's not just physical structures, it's time history, even memories. We're standing in a place that's no longer just ours. Jake looked around, seeing the city in a new light. Streets he had patrolled for years were now unrecognizable, blending architectures and landscapes that had no business being together. The sky above was a canvas of strange hues, and the air was rich with the scent of worlds he could not begin to imagine. The rift is unstable, Harper continued. It's expanding, and if we don't find a way to close it, our reality will be completely consumed by this... this chaos. Her revelation hit Jake like a physical blow. The city, the people, his very existence, all were in peril, threatened by an unseen, incomprehensible force. He thought of the strange creatures he had encountered, the molten-skinned beings with soulless eyes. Were they inhabitants of these other realities? 
now thrown into his world just as he was thrust into theirs. He shook his head, trying to clear the swirling thoughts. So, how do we stop it? He asked, his voice steady despite the turmoil inside. Harper looked at him with expression of fear. My lab, she said. It's at the center of the rift. If we can get there, maybe we can find a way to reverse the process, to close the rift. As Jake and Harper moved deeper into the fractured city, their surroundings grew increasingly treacherous. The streets narrowed, buildings leaned at impossible angles, and the light dimmed, swallowed by the encroaching shadows of this altered world. Every step was cautious, every sound a potential harbinger of danger. Without warning, the relative silence was shattered. From the shadows, figures emerged, their forms barely distinguishable in the dim light. They moved with a predatory grace, encircling Jake and Harper with chilling efficiency. These shadowy assailants seemed to be human, yet their movements and the malice in their eyes suggested something far more sinister. Jake's instincts kicked in instantly. He positioned himself in front of Harper, his body tensed for combat. The years of training as a police officer had honed his reflexes, and even in this bizarre world his muscle memory served him well. He observed their attackers with a calculated gaze, noting their number, their positions, and their likely avenues of attack. As the first shadow lunged towards him, Jake reacted with precise, deliberate movements. He countered the strike with a swift arm block, followed by a forceful punch to the assailant's midsection. The figure recoiled, momentarily winded, but the respite was brief as another attacker took its place. Meanwhile, Harper was not the helpless bystander one might have assumed. Her time in the lab had not only sharpened her mind, but had also given her an unexpected edge in this chaotic world. She wielded her scientific instruments with surprising adeptness, repurposing tools meant for delicate experiments into weapons. A heavy, metallic flashlight became a club, swinging with effective force at an approaching figure. A tangle of wires was now a tool to ensnare and trip up another attacker. The ambush was relentless, but Jake and Harper fought back. They moved in a sort of unspoken rhythm, covering each other's backs, their actions a dance of survival against overwhelming odds. Every strike Jake delivered was measured, conserving energy for the prolonged fight. Harper's resourcefulness complemented his combat skills, creating a balance that kept their assailants at bay. However, their attackers seemed unnaturally resilient, recovering quickly from blows that would have incapacitated ordinary humans. In this altered reality, the rules were different and the dangers they faced were far beyond the realm of normal human experience. Breathless and bruised, Jake and Harper managed to create a momentary lull in the assault. They used this brief respite to retreat, knowing that their survival depended on avoiding prolonged conflict. They moved quickly, their attackers' frustrated snarls fading into the background as they navigated through the twisted maze of streets their bond forged stronger in the fires of combat. Jake and Harper, their breaths ragged from the exertion of the ambush, stumbled upon a small enclave of survivors huddled in the shadow of a distorted building. The group was a motley crew, 
each person a stark contrast to the other, yet bound together by the common thread of survival in this fractured reality. The first to approach them was a burly man with a rugged, weathered face and hands that bore the calluses of hard physical labor. He introduced himself as Logan, a former firefighter. His broad shoulders and sturdy build spoke of a life spent battling blazes and saving lives. Now, he stood as a guardian over this small band of survivors, his protective instinct undiminished, even in the face of this catastrophe. Next to him was a woman of medium build, her demeanor calm and composed. She was introduced as Chloe, a high school teacher. Her eyes, behind a pair of slightly askew glasses, held a spark of resilience. She had managed to keep a group of frightened and disoriented people together, using her skills as an educator to maintain a semblance of order amidst chaos. Among the group, a teenager stood out, his youthful face marred by fear and defiance. His name was Tyler, and he clutched a skateboard like a lifeline, the tool of his escape through the warped streets of the city. Despite his apparent youth, there was a sharpness in his eyes, a quickness to his movements that spoke of a streetwise savvy. As Jake and Harper introduced themselves, the group listened intently. There was a sense of relief in finding others who were navigating this nightmarish reality. Jake quickly assessed the situation, his mind shifting into the role of a leader. With a voice firm and clear, he began to outline a plan. We need to stick together, Jake said, his tone leaving no room for doubt. Our best chance is to pool our skills and resources. We need to find a safe place, gather supplies and figure out our next move. His words were met with nods of agreement. Logan stepped forward, offering his knowledge of the city's layout and his experience in handling emergency situations. Chloe suggested strategies to keep the group organized and mentally focused. Tyler, though the youngest, knew the streets better than anyone and could navigate through the chaotic urban landscape with a skateboarder's agility. Together they formed an alliance, a group of strangers brought together by extraordinary circumstances. Their skills were diverse, but their goal was the same. Survival. With Jake at the helm, his orders clear, they set out from their temporary refuge, each member playing a crucial role in the survival of the group. Gathered in the dim light of a shelter, the group huddled around an old, scarred table. Maps of the city, now barely relevant in this altered landscape, were spread out, their lines and contours a relic of a world that once was. Jake stood at the head of the table, his expression resolute as he addressed the group. We need a plan, Jake began, his voice steady and commanding. Our goal is to reach the center of the city. That's where Harper's lab is, and it's our best shot at understanding this rift and maybe even reversing it. Harper, standing beside Jake, pointed to a location on the map, marked by a series of hastily scribbled notes. The rift's epicenter is here. The distortions in space-time are strongest at this point. If we can get to my lab, we might find equipment and data that could help us. The group listened intently. Logan, the firefighter, leaned in, his finger tracing possible routes on the map. These streets are a mess, buildings have collapsed, and who knows what else we'll encounter. We need a path that's clear, but also safe. Tyler spoke up, 
his youthful voice tinged with the seriousness of their predicament. The subway tunnels, they might be our best bet. They'll be sheltered from whatever's happening above ground. Chloe, the teacher added, we'll need supplies. Food, water, medical supplies, anything we can carry. We don't know what we'll face out there. Jake nodded in agreement with each point. All right, here's the plan, he said, drawing the group's attention. We split into two teams. One team will gather supplies, the other will scout the subway, make sure it's safe and passable. He looked at each member of the group, his gaze firm and reassuring. We stick together, watch each other's backs. This city, it's not what we know anymore. We're walking into the unknown. But it's our only chance to fix this, to bring back the world we know. The group, united by the shared purpose Jake had articulated, nodded in agreement. The atmosphere was tense. They were part of a mission, each person crucial to the success of the plan. As they divided the tasks and prepared to leave the shelter, there was a sense of camaraderie. They checked their equipment, shared words of encouragement, and reviewed the plan one last time. Jake's leadership had given them direction, and Harper's knowledge provided a goal. With a final look at the distorted cityscape visible through a small grimy window, they set out. The journey through the altered city was like navigating through a nightmarish dreamscape. The once familiar grid of streets and avenues had become a treacherous maze, with the laws of physics seeming to warp and bend at every turn. The group, led by Jake with Harper at his side, moved with deliberate caution, their senses heightened to the surreal dangers that now lurked around every corner. The buildings that lined the streets were grotesquely distorted, their structures twisted and elongated as if moulded by an unseen, capricious hand. Skyscrapers loomed overhead like twisted giants, their facades warped into menacing faces that seemed to leer down at the small band of travellers. Windows blinked like eyes, and doors gaped like mouths, creating an eerie semblance of life in the inanimate. The streets themselves were no longer reliable pathways. The asphalt had ruptured in places, giving way to gaping chasms that plunged into darkness. In other areas, the ground bulged upward, forming steep mounds or sudden drops that made progress laborious and perilous. The group had to navigate carefully, often backtracking or finding alternative routes to avoid these treacherous obstacles. As they progressed, the air grew dense with the acrid smell of burning metal, a scent that permeated everything and made breathing an unpleasant experience. It was as though the very essence of the city was smouldering, its infrastructure reacting to the alien energies of the rift. The constant, underlying buzz that Jake had noticed earlier seemed to grow in intensity, a vibration that resonated in their bones, a continuous sign of the unseen force tearing their reality apart. Every sound, from the creaking of a shifting building to the distant collapse of unseen debris, caused the group to tense, ready for flight or fight. Shadows played tricks on their eyes, making them see movement where there was none, or concealing real threats until they were alarmingly close. The group communicated in quiet tones, their voices barely above whispers. Logan, with his firefighter's experience, often took the lead in assessing structural stability, 
guiding them through the safer paths. Chloe's calm demeanor helped maintain a semblance of order, her words of encouragement bolstering their spirits. Tyler, with his skateboard tucked under his arm, scouted ahead in the narrower passages, his youthful agility proving invaluable. Despite the harrowing environment, they worked well together, their actions coordinated and purposeful. Harper, though visibly shaken by the surreal transformation of her city, provided crucial insights into the nature of the phenomena surrounding them, her scientific perspective helping to anticipate and understand the bizarre anomalies they encountered. As the group made their way through the surreal landscape of the city, the strain of their situation began to wear on them. The constant threat of danger, coupled with the bizarre and often terrifying sights they encountered, created an undercurrent of tension that simmered just below the surface. Tyler, the teenager who had shown such resilience and street smarts in the earlier part of their journey, began to show signs of cracking under the pressure. The relentless alien nature of their surroundings, the near misses with danger, and the weight of the unknown future began to erode his brave front. His movements became jittery, his eyes darting around with a haunted look. Unknown to the rest of the group, Tyler had been harboring a growing sense of dread, a feeling that their mission was futile, that they were walking into certain doom. This fear was exacerbated by the creepy encounters with the creatures that now inhabited the city. In a moment of weakness, driven by a desperate desire for self-preservation, Tyler made a fateful decision. He slipped away from the group while they were scavenging for supplies in a dilapidated convenience store. His plan was to strike a deal with the creatures, to offer up his companions in exchange for his own safety. He found the creatures lurking in the shadowy depths of a collapsed building, their silver skin shining in the low light. With trembling lips and a voice choked with fear, he told them where to find the group. When the creatures descended upon the hideout, it was with a suddenness and ferocity that took everyone by surprise. The hideout, a small warehouse they had secured for the night, was suddenly alive with the sounds of snarls and the clash of metal. The creatures, drawn by Tyler's betrayal, attacked with a viciousness that was chilling. Jake, Logan, Chloe and Harper were thrown into a desperate battle for survival. They fought back with whatever weapons they had, but the shock of the ambush and the realization of Tyler's betrayal weighed heavily on them. In the chaos of the attack, the group's cohesion fractured. Trust, the fragile glue that had held them together, shattered like glass. Accusations flew amidst the chaos, and the fight became as much about internal conflict as it was about fending off their attackers. Tyler, watching from a distance, realized too late the significance of his mistake. The creatures, devoid of any semblance of humanity or reason, were not the saviors he had foolishly hoped for. His plan to secure his own safety had backfired, leaving him isolated and racked with guilt. The small warehouse they had taken refuge in was now a tableau of devastation and hopelessness. The air was thick with the acrid scent of blood and the metallic tang of fear. In the weak light, the shadows seemed to stretch and coil like living things, feeding on the sorrow and pain that hung heavy in the air. The group had fought valiantly, their backs against the wall, each member defending the lives of their companions. 
but the creatures were relentless, their attacks both ferocious and terrifyingly precise. In the heat of the battle, Chloe, the teacher who had become a pillar of strength and calm in the face of their surreal predicament, had stood her ground. She had wielded a piece of broken piping with a bravery that belied her quiet, unassuming nature. Again and again she had struck at the creatures, her face set in a mask of resolve. But the odds had been overwhelming. One of the creatures, moving with a speed that was almost a blur, had lunged at her from the shadows. The attack was sudden and vicious, leaving her no time to react. She fell, her bravery outliving her. The loss of Chloe hit the group like a physical blow. She had been more than just a fellow survivor. She had been the voice of reason, the calming presence that had kept their spirits buoyed in the darkest of moments. Her fall left a void, a silence that spoke louder than words. Jake felt each loss keenly, the weight of responsibility pressing down on him. He had taken on the role of leader, had promised to guide and protect them. Now, as he looked at the fallen figure of Chloe, her once kind eyes staring blankly at the ceiling, he felt the sting of failure. But there was no time for grief, no space for mourning. The creatures, though repelled, might return, and they were still far from their goal. Jake rallied the remaining members of the group. We can't stay here. We need to move. Now. His words were a command, but they carried an undercurrent of unspoken pain. We'll remember her, honor her, but we can't let her sacrifice be in vain. He looked at each of the survivors in turn, his gaze lingering on Tyler, whose face was a mask of guilt and despair. Jake's eyes then moved to Logan, whose expression was grim but determined, and finally to Harper, who nodded in silent agreement, her own eyes glistening with unshed tears. They gathered their meagre belongings, casting one last look at the place where Chloe had made her last stand. Then, with a collective breath, they stepped back into the twisted streets of the city, leaving behind the sanctuary that had become a tomb. He pushed forward, leading the group through the complex city, his mission clear in his mind. To reach the core of the rift, to find a way to reverse the chaos, to restore the world that they had lost. The journey to the hub of the city, the epicenter of the rift, was a descent into a world that rejected reality. The closer Jake and his diminished group got, the more the cityscape around them warped into an unrecognizable tableau of surreal horror. Buildings twisted into grotesque shapes, stretching towards the sky like the limbs of some gargantuan beast. Finally, they arrived at what Harper identified as the location of her lab, now unrecognizable in the midst of the chaotic transformation. The center of the city was a vast, open expanse, where the ground had seemingly fallen away, leaving a gaping maw of darkness that yawned ominously before them. It was as if the earth had opened up, revealing a path to some unfathomable abyss. The air around the chasm was heavy, laden with a sense of dread that weighed on their shoulders like a physical burden. A strange, oppressive silence enveloped the area. A silence so profound it seemed to absorb even the faintest of sounds, rendering their movements and whispers muted. 
Jake peered into the abyss, trying to penetrate the darkness that seemed to stretch endlessly into the earth. The light from their flashlights did little to illuminate the depths, the beams swallowed by the all-consuming blackness. Despite the foreboding aura, they knew they had to descend. The rift, the source of the unimaginable chaos that had engulfed their world, lay somewhere below, in the heart of this darkness. One by one, they began their descent. The path down was treacherous, a steep incline of rubble and twisted metal that threatened to shift under their weight with every step. They moved cautiously, supporting each other, their hands finding holds on jagged pieces of concrete and protruding rebar. The further they descended, the more the world above seemed to recede, the light dimming until they were enveloped in near-total darkness. The only sounds were their laboured breathing and the occasional skittering of debris dislodged underfoot, reverberating strangely in the confined space. The air grew cooler and staler the deeper they went, and the walls of the chasm seemed to close in around them, adding a claustrophobic element to their already strained nerves. It was as if they were being swallowed whole by the belly of some enormous, slumbering beast. Despite the fear that gnawed at him, Jake led the way, his flashlight cutting a small swath of light in the overwhelming darkness. Harper followed closely, her knowledge of the lab's layout their only guide in this convoluted descent. Logan and Tyler, despite their own fears, kept up. At the nadir of their descent, the group emerged into a cavernous space of enormous scale and dimension. The air was electric, charged with an energy that made their skin tingle and their hair stand on end. The darkness here felt alive. In the centre of this vast chamber stood the source of the rift, a being that seemed to embody the chaos that had consumed the city. It was a creature of impossible geometry, its form constantly shifting and changing. One moment it appeared as a towering figure of shadow and smoke, limbs elongating and retracting into its formless body. The next, it morphed into a tangle of writhing tendrils, each one lashing out into the space around it. The creature's presence was overwhelming, emanating a sense of power and terror. Its form was a nightmare made flesh, a physical manifestation of the rift's destructive energy. Jake, standing at the forefront of the group, felt a primal fear clawing at his mind at the sight of the creature. But beneath the fear, there was a burning core of determination. They had come too far, lost too much, to falter now. He stepped forward, his every sense alert to the dangers of this ultimate confrontation. The creature seemed to focus on Jake, its form stabilizing into a vaguely humanoid shape. It towered over him, its body a swirling mass of darkness from which eyes, like burning coals, fixed on him with an intelligence that was alien yet unmistakable. Jake knew they were outmatched, that no physical weapon in their arsenal could harm this being. But he also knew that this creature, this embodiment of the rift, was the key to ending the nightmare. He stood his ground, his voice resonant in the oppressive atmosphere of the chamber. We're here to stop you, to close the rift, Jake declared, his words more of a challenge than a statement. His hand instinctively went to the sidearm at his hip, a futile gesture but one that offered a semblance of security. The creature responded not with words, but with a surge of energy that rippled through the chamber. 
The ground beneath their feet trembled, and the air itself seemed to warp and twist. Harper stepped forward, her voice marked by fear and fascination. It's reacting to us, to our intentions. It's part of the rift, part of the space-time tear. We need to find a way to reverse the process, to seal it back. The confrontation with the creature at the heart of the rift escalated into a battle of wills and wits. The creature, with its ever-changing form, lashed out with tendrils of dark energy, each strike causing the air to crackle and the ground to shudder. Jake, Logan and Tyler dodged and weaved, avoiding the creature's attacks by mere inches, their efforts seeming almost futile against the overwhelming force they faced. Amidst the chaos of the battle, Harper's scientific mind worked feverishly, trying to unravel the mystery of the creature and the rift. Her eyes, wide with realization, suddenly lit up with understanding. It needs a host, she exclaimed, her voice cutting through the din of the conflict. The rift, the creature. It's not just a tear in space-time. It's a bridge, and it needs something from our world to anchor it. Her revelation was a double-edged sword, offering both anguish and hope. The creature needed a connection to their world to maintain the rift, a living conduit through which it could anchor the chaos it had unleashed. Harper looked at her companions, her expression a mix of determination and sorrow. There's only one way, she said, her voice steady despite the tremor of emotion that ran through it. One of us needs to merge with the creature, to become the host. It's the only way to close the rift from within. Before anyone could react, Harper stepped forward, her decision made. In her eyes was a resolve born of the knowledge that her sacrifice could save countless lives, could restore the world to its rightful state. Jake reached out to stop her, but it was too late. Harper approached the creature, her movements deliberate. As she neared the swirling mass of darkness, her body began to emit a soft, ethereal light. With a final look at Jake and the others, a look that conveyed a multitude of unspoken words, Harper stepped into the creature. The light around her intensified, enveloping both her and the being in a blinding radiance. The creature's form convulsed, its dark energy clashing with the pure light emanating from Harper. The chamber shook violently, the sound like the roar of a thousand storms. And then, in a moment of transcendent brilliance, Harper's body dissolved into light, merging with the creature. The light expanded, filling the chamber, and for a moment, everything was still, the world holding its breath. The light receded, and the creature, now infused with Harper's presence, shrank and twisted, its form collapsing in on itself. With a final pulse of energy, the rift began to close, the tear in space-time sealing as Harper's sacrifice acted as the anchor to mend the fractured dimensions. The ground steadied, the oppressive energy of the chamber dissipating. Jake, Logan and Tyler, standing in the aftermath of the sacrifice, were enveloped in a profound silence. Harper was gone, her final act of courage leaving an indelible mark on their hearts and on the world she had saved. In the wake of Harper's sacrifice, the immediate chaos unleashed by the rift ceased. The ground no longer trembled with the fury of colliding worlds, and the air lost its electric charge. 
However, the city that Jake, Logan, and Tyler now found themselves in was forever altered. The rift had closed, but its legacy was a city irrevocably transformed, a mosaic of realities fused into one. The landscape around them was a surreal patchwork. Buildings from different architectural eras and styles stood side by side, some partially melded in bizarre, impossible ways. Streets that once ran straight now twisted and turned, leading to unknown destinations. The sky above, now clear of the oppressive darkness, stretched into a vast canopy, with stars twinkling coldly, their light seemingly oblivious to the events that had transpired below. Jake stood amidst the ruins, a solitary figure grappling with the enormity of what had happened. He looked around, his eyes taking in the changed world. The familiar city he had known and loved was gone, replaced by this strange, new landscape. In its place was a city that bore the scars of the rift, a tangible reminder of the cost of their battle. Logan and Tyler stood nearby, their faces etched with relief and sorrow. They had survived, but the victory was bittersweet. The loss of Harper, the betrayal by Tyler, and the sacrifices they had all made weighed heavily on them. They were survivors, yes, but they were also witnesses to the incredible events that had reshaped their reality. Jake's gaze then turned upwards, to the stars above. They shone with the same distant, uncaring light as always, indifferent to the struggles and triumphs of the humans below. In that moment, Jake felt a profound sense of insignificance in the grand scheme of the universe. Yet there was also a feeling of awe at the resilience and courage of humanity, traits that had shone brightly in the darkest of times. With a final glance at the sky, Jake turned to his companions, ready to face this new world together.